Curtis Rowland. Doesn't matter, but <laughs> I'm like all about that. I think that theater definitely needs to like move towards that light again. Oh, you mean taking risks and being interesting? <laughs> um, not being commercial, not everything being the fucking prom, because sorry, hate that show with a fiery <laughs> deep passion inside of me. And like I'm so glad I'm I, it works really well in a movie in movie form and my friend, Yeah, it was clearly built to be a movie musical. And my friend Meg like worked on the costumes for that movie and mm-hmm. she's like and like so of course I have like some sort of like pride with with that in general but like Rag. seeing it on um did she pick out Meryl Streep's mustard cape yes she did and did she look bomb absolutely love oh, a mustard yeah. cape love Nicole Kidman in that movie her yes. all that jazz set literally was fantastic what it she came so out good. of left field because I didn't think she was going to be very good but she was just so she was amazing so good I loved it I did think it was funny that it was just like Oh, it's book smart, but less complex. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I that was a great movie. Book smart's amazing. Yeah. That's, a, that's an awesome movie. Finally, a queer film that's not sad. <laughs> and she gets with the hot chick at the end. Even though she does put her finger in her butthole. Oh my god. <laughs> Works, sis. That, that scene uh, is so... It's triggering. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think my favorite one is when they're in the Uber or the Lyft or whatever, and it's oh their my teacher God. It's just, or it's principal. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't even know how to do it. And it's like, just watch porn, and then he's like, "Oh, you guys want to hook up your music? Like, we can we can change it over." And then it like comes on, and it's oh that God, sound just... exactly horrifying. Oh, oh, that sounds amazing, so Mike. I love that. I'm so glad I'm it's... keeping that in. Hey, babes. Yes, babe? You remember that time we watched The Babadook? Oh, man, this is a long time coming. Yes, we have a special guest. Uh, You guys might remember her from the episode on Hard Candy. We've got Charlotte Bird back with us. Hey. Hi, Charlotte. Hi. We finally responded to you and said, okay, finally, come on. After (laughs) harassment. For over a year, you've been demanding to come on and talk about this movie. Okay, yeah, that's a better word. It wasn't harassment. It was was pure demand. (laughs) Is there anything else with you? (laughs) Nope. It's either zero or 100, baby. You guys have known me long enough. You know yeah. this is my We're show. in your season right now anyway. Our season. Our season. Well, oh. you don't believe in that, but no, we I are don't. Aquarius the age season. of Aquarius. That song slaps though. That's that the, song does that's as slap. much as I'll get into astrology is the song Age of Aquarius cuz that song fucking slaps. That song slaps. <laughs> Speaking amount, of musicals. Yeah, yes. the amount the amount of like TikToks I've seen with like this is the dawning and I'm like I can't get rid of it. It's in my brain. It's like one of those earworms that like I w- cannot stop hearing constantly yeah. right now that's like great. me with um the bus it challenge mm-hmm. i just like have the end of it stuck in my head where the two songs are together and i'm just like oh my god what's oh that justin god. bieber song that i hate that's really bad he did it with like what little pump or whatever oh, i don't know the I... one that came out the last song he came out with it's so awful it's about his wife oh girl you got that yummy yummy yes oh, i kept wanting to say juicy and i'm like it's not juicy it's not an ipa i don't like that song either <laughs> I, I think it's pretty, pretty yeah but bad. it gets stuck in my head all the time Mm. 
So I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. <laughs> and we're the Horror Babes. And we'll be doing the normal format here today, which if you're new here, what that is, is Topher will take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and crew, and then I will take us through the plot of the movie, and then we'll all go into a deeper analysis of the film. So without further ado, Topher, who made this thing? Well, first of all, I want to know, I want to back us up just a little bit, because I want to know Charlotte's relationship with this movie. Like, why did you want to cover this with us you Let's know like because that's you know that's the fun part of having a guest on it's like okay so like tell me how you feel about the movie in you know a short little blurb yeah i mean as a well as you two well know as a connoisseur of horror films i first saw this film in 2015 when it came on netflix yeah. and i watched it with a now ex-boyfriend and the movie was so incredibly terrifying to me to, to the extent where I, for months, if not, like, years afterwards, even to this day, like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll, like, look over at my closet and be like, the Duke's coming to get me. And the fact that it has, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it has, like, permeated my soul so deeply. Yeah. Um, and I was also saying off mic, I used to, uh, my, you know, obviously now ex, but my boyfriend at the time used to literally in the middle of the night turn to me and be like, Babadook. Fuck and that. It, not, Fuck that so not bad. cute. Not yeah, cute. That's obviously. Not, let's not cancel okay. men. Yeah. Well, Goodbye, men. <laughs> Goodbye, yeah. men. Goodbye, especially Scorpio men. No. <laughs> Sorry. But Good riddance. We just lost Joseph. Oh, Bye. no. <laughs> no, he's a cancer. No, he just stopped listening. Oh, sick. Oh, oh. Like, <laughs> he's like astrology. I'm out. And I'm and I'm just going with it. I'm like, oh yeah, he's a Scorpio because I don't fucking know. Of course, <laughs> I know all my friends' sun signs. Of course, I do. Now, if I knew your time of your birth, I could also figure out the rest of it. But ten to six p.m. <laughs> really? Yeah. We'll talk about that later. It oh. took thirty hours. My mom clocked it. I was in late. My mom was in labor for thirty six hours with me. Oh damn! You just had to one up me a year later. Yeah, my mom was in it overnight. So we yeah. were all really stubborn babies. It sounds like. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> oldest child. Oldest child. Oldest child. Only child. Only child. Mm. So we're also, I'm the oldest and, yeah. and the youngest yeah. and in the middle. All <laughs> I'm everything. That bitch. so much about why you're so much of a bitch. <laughs> mm, well, you know, you're not wrong. No, it is always. No. No, I'm me, not. So. Yeah, okay. I run your D&D group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're totally right about the the terrifyingness of this movie. It scared the shit out of me. I saw it um, pretty soon after it came out. I've been a big horror fan for fucking years. I was also with an ex when I, when I watched this, and who was also a huge horror fan. And uh, I think it was part of the, the October tradition that I started doing around that time. Yeah. So it was like... It had come out. It was we had known it was coming out. We didn't catch it in theaters, and then like the second it got on streaming, um, we found it someplace like wherever it dropped first, or maybe we like even rented it or something like that, and just like just watched it. It was I I was fucking terrified. Um, even <laughs> what I love is William Friedkin, the director of The Exorcist, mm-hmm. said uh, he tweeted about it and was like Psycho, Alien, Diabolique, and now The Babadook. Um, saying he's never seen a more terrifying film. It will scare the hell out of you as it did me. From the writer of The Exorcist, I think that's pretty fucking high praise for how terrifying this movie is. Yeah. And I agree. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting movie for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think it takes a lot of careful thought and planning to actually create such a horrifying visual. And I, I always wonder how like people do that do they do they sketch something up and then just show it to a pool of people and see who's like ah <laughs> right and, and we've got it yeah and like i read i mean i've seen a few things about like them just making the storybook and how like 
it, you know, it just gets, you know, more and more terrifying. And, that cursed um, fucking book. <laughs> so <laughs> cursed. Much cursed. Put very book cursed. on the babby, eh? No, 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 no. But yeah, I mean, it's like, how do you come up with this seemingly, quote unquote, innocent child, like kid's character? Mm. And then, uh, it, like, but it's very unsettling, even, you know. They've, like, turned up the volume on it. They're like, yeah. they're like, this is a, you know child child's book character and we've just like gave it razor sharp teeth and huge <laughs> eyes and made it gay yeah, yeah <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. there's now it's now it's Baba an lgbtq plus gay, yeah. icon he's an icon which yeah, i supposedly that's a hoax that it was in the lgbt uh q film section of netflix but i refuse to believe that it's a hoax i i, I absolutely love that that like in 2017 was just like a weird year we were all going through it i mean <laughs> i mean wikipedia is describing it as as the characters has a dramatic persona grotesque costume and chaotic effect that sounds very gay to me yeah. that's all three of us <laughs> yeah that sounds very gay to me i am into it i think he is an icon a gay icon yes or they are i don't know yeah. their, their gender expression well, it's, it's mr babadook is it Mr. Babadook? It's is Mr. that Babadook. the, the yeah. title yeah. of the book? Yeah, that's the title of the book. It's Mr. Babadook. Really? So, yeah. Babadook is... Uh, I thought is, it was just is... Babadook. No, it's Mr. it's Mr. Babadook. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, okay. yeah, he is gendered male. So, he is gendered male. Okay. That's his gender expression. Great. Cool. Yeah. I just Good love it, like all the protests in 2017, like seeing like the Babadook. Baba, like, like the I fucking really Baba Shook <laughs> meme. The Baba Shook. The videos oh, and the memes God. that came out, I just... it Honestly, I think that's when it turned for me where I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, this is this is pretty funny. I'm not so scared of it anymore, but like definitely trust softened it. Yeah, I just I'm looking at a sign that says "Love is Love," and it's just a beautiful rendition, like a drawing <laughs> of the Babadook, and it's really great. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah. So getting into like how it was created, I guess I should talk about who created the thing. The thing. No, that was John Carpenter. The thing. The thing. <laughs> who created the Babadook, though? Jennifer Kent. Uh, wrote and directed this. This is her debut feature film. Um, she had been an actor for a long time. Actually went to school with Essie Davis, our star. I love Essie Davis. Yeah, She's amazing. She's so good. Queen. She's she gives me big Kidman vibes, and it's not just because they're both Australian. She's like somewhere between Kidman and, um, oh, who's the young woman I love who was in um, American Gods, who plays the dead wife? She was also in Series of Unfortunate Events. I, don't I think she's also Australian. Yeah. Do all Australians look the same except for Hugh Jackman? Maybe. No, Carl Urban exists. Hugh Jackman's Australian? <laughs> we saw yes. him live. Boy from Oz. <laughs> he was in a movie called Australia. <laughs> well, okay, just because he's in a movie called Australia doesn't That was directed by an Australian director and starred only Australian actors. Well. Hi, I'm Nicole okay. and I never fucking learned how to read. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, the Texas public school system failed me deeply. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> that's what I'm here to do. Drink and know things. Oh, fuck. That's a Game of Thrones reference. E, I didn't do that on purpose. Which Essie Davis was in. So she like, was. Oh, my right. gosh. Yeah. She was. Queen. Literally. Wow. We just brought that full circle without even meaning to, guys. Right back to our very first episode. Blessings. <laughs> Ralph Ineson. Oh. <laughs> Call me out for not knowing how to Oh, my God. That was my favorite thing that happened from the... The first God. episode is obviously classic and fantastic, but <sighs> that Twitter thread, I could not just like you guys be like, I'm, just, I'm so sorry. Deepest apologies, oh sir. Nine God. o'clock in the morning. I, <laughs> I was woke. getting up to go to work and I saw that and I was like, oh, 
Topher woke me up and I was hungover from celebrating that we finally like dropped an oh, yeah. episode. We, we, we yeah, because we had worked so hard and we finally dropped it. And then he, I, I wake up to like, babe, babe. <laughs> Just chain smoking out the window. You're like, look at Twitter. <laughs> it's like. Someone else had responded, though. Yeah, saying, it was not just us. It's yeah. the most engagement we've ever gotten on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> Even though my tweets are amazing. Well, someone was like, so how do you pronounce it with all due respect? It's <laughs> 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 like, I, like, the I, like, the body part, Nissan. So we were like, oh, color us embarrassed. But thank you for listening to the episode. He did also help us out in letting us know oh, what a 17th was, century shirt is called. He was it's like, called a oh, shift. He was like, oh, and by, yeah. by the way, a 19 or a 17th century uh, shirt is called a shift. And I was like, thank you, sir. Thank you, Ralph Ineson. I hope you're still listening. We'd love to have you on. Oh, can you imagine? Come talk dreams. to us. His voice. Zealot Zaddy. I would like for him just to read me like a book to like, yeah. go to sleep. Well, you know that, that I love like, like going to listen book, to like Tom Hiddleston voice. and Benedict Cumberbatch recite poems. Oh yeah, that's a good mm. YouTube channel. They've done a lot of them. All right. So, so. where are we? <laughs> what movie are we talking well, about? Well, Jennifer Kent wrote and directed The Babadook. Correct. Uh, <laughs> it stars S.C. Davis, as we just said, as mm-hmm. Amelia Vanek. Um, Noah Wiseman as her son, Samuel. Haley McElhinney as her sister, right, Claire? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Daniel Henschel as Robbie, the her co-worker who is so creepy to me. I actually find him very endearing. Ah, uh, no. Uh, he molests old people. You think so? Oh, I sure do. Oh, that's horrifying. That is pretty horrifying. I just can't, like, there's a character in another movie, and I can't remember which one it is, that involves, is very similar to his, and they do molest old folks, and that's all I can think of when I see him. Mm-mm. And so it's just like, I, I hate him. I think he's creepy, and I think he's a bit of a sex pest. Sex pest. Sex pest. Um, and finally, in terms of like you know people who are important here, uh, Barbara West as Mrs. Roach, the neighbor. Yes, our old lady neighbor, sweet old lady, MVP in mm-hmm. my opinion. Amazing. Um, there are of course a lot of other kids. Oh, sorry, and uh, Tim Purcell as the Babadook for all the physical work, and Hachi as Bugsy the dog. I was going to say, don't forget the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the dog? Yeah, because we had to talk What's about. His we name? had to talk about. Tell me his name. <laughs> we had to talk or... about Jed the dog in the thing. Yes, and so. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna um, create an Instagram that's like dogs of horror. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Please do it! Please! I'm I'm I'm, I'm full in. I am Every full in. One of them dies. Right, but don't we? We they deserve such a, a moment. deep bond with them before they're passing that yeah. they deserve to be cultural icons in the way. You know what? Go ahead. Do if it, it boosts our fucking it. numbers, I don't give a oh shit. Oh my god! Please do it! Please do it! Horror <laughs> babes do it. dogs or I don't horror know. babes dogs? We'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> I think Dogs of Horror is it. That's it. Dogs We've got of it. Horror. All right. Yeah. Kujo, Jed, Hachi. Cool. Episode over. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Adios. Um, speaking of Jeds, we have Jed Kurtzel doing the music here. Uh, really, really good score on this. Mm-hmm. So one background thing about Jennifer Kent is that she studied under known bastard Lars von Trier. We've talked about him offhand. I think off mic mostly, but... He's 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 known in the horror world. He is he is a, a very successful art house director. Um, she did study under him. I don't like him because he fucked with Bjork. Sorry, Bjork. Yeah, and we learned I that stand that for it. is the correct way to pronounce Bjork. 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 Mm, yeah. Which is even cuter. Yes. 
She's such a sweet people. I would put her in my pocket and just pull her out. And she's wearing a different weird outfit every time and singing beautiful songs to me. And you know what? She would I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. She really would. She would love it. She'd be into I, it. She would be into I it. I love it. <laughs> that interview. That interview. Eric, marry me. That there's <laughs> Sorry, that babe. one interview where um, she was say, she was like I I was always afraid of my TV. I was always afraid of it, and then I so I smashed it, and I opened it up, and it's a little city. Look inside. It's a little city. I was afraid for nothing, but I smashed it. <laughs> she's so so. She's simultaneously like cottagecore and punk rock. Like, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And she, I know she's not um, she's not American, but she is a national treasure, and we must protect her at all costs. I Agreed. Mean, she's Agreed. the best thing Iceland has ever produced. What are they? What else have they done? Rotted shark. Uh, and the, a volcano that fucked us all up in 2011. Well, apparently the Reyk- 20, 2014. Apparently the Reykjavik LGBTQ plus community and karaoke nightlife are like top notch. So oh. I would argue for both of those things as well. Okay, that's fair. You know, it's also frozen. So truth. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go purely to be like cold in in a hot spring. Yes. Okay, that sounds like a vibe, but also I can just turn my AC well, on and get in the bath. <laughs> well, no, it's you not also, the same thing. You can also look Says at the lights. You. you can also look at the lights if it's the right season. That's true. Two of my really good friends did get engaged in Iceland. Yeah, you can you can be sitting for them. in a hot spring and like watch the gorgeous like lights and everything. I would love that. Yeah. Please wear your mask. Oh, please. So, so we, we can, can all travel. Please. Go to Iceland. For the love of God, so please. Nicole and Charlotte can have a getaway to Iceland Fine. while I stay here and am warm. Girls trip. Yeah. Go off. You weren't invited in the first place. That's true. And I don't. It, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, is there anybody so else that we need to talk about? The thing that I was bringing up with Lars von Trier before we got off on Björk and then Iceland. Björk. So one of the things that von Trier does that a lot of other, other indie directors do um, like Carpenter, who we were just talking about all last month, is that they keep a tight, like a family of crew, right? Like you mm-hmm. work with the same people over and over again. So when I say these names, you're probably not going to really know them unless you are very familiar with the film of the country they're from, but they work with Jennifer Kent. Got it. So all of them worked on this. Then they worked on her second feature, uh, The Nightingale, and they will likely work on most of her future projects. Cool. Right. The Coens do this. Carpenter does this. Peter yeah, Jackson I mean, it, does this. It definitely makes sense. It's yeah. you know, if you if everyone already knows what's up and how you work, then it just exactly. you you don't waste as much like time as money, right? You don't waste as much time. You don't waste as much money if they're just like, okay, yeah, this is how it works. Yeah. Instead of having to there's a reason it. I work with Steph almost exclusively for any of my video stuff. Like it's yeah. just because I trust him and I know he's going to understand what I want and how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So speaking of shooting things, uh, Radek Ladchuk. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Polish DP here. Um, ran the cinematography. Film editing from Simon Jew. Um, production design from Alex Holmes and art direction from Karen Hannaford and Alex Holmes. So yeah, this is like sort of where everybody... Uh, every, this is like a lot of people's... It was early in most of these folks' careers, too. Mm-hmm. This is, despite it being fairly large budget for the type of film that it is, um, it's an indie-style film. It's very much a first film, and I'm shocked that it's as good as it is. Um, the technical proficiency on this is 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 top notch, and we'll talk about that later. The cinematography is like one of my favorite things it's about beautiful. the film and it the lighting. So like the set, oh, like, yeah. yeah. Actually, who did the? I can see who did the lighting. Well, it's gorgeous. Maybe. It's like that's. I think that's why it like makes it so like 
unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like the whole yes. movie in general is so unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I think that adds to the aspect of why it blew up so hard. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but when it hit Netflix, like such a large streaming platform. Yeah. Everybody I knew was talking about, I was like, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have mm-hmm. you seen it? Exactly. Yeah. Could not like, I was talking, I remember talking about it. I was working at a restaurant at the time. I remember talking about it in the locker room at work and being like, you don't like horror films and you saw this? Like, yeah. It? All yeah. right. Great. Yeah, and I mean, with atmosphere being so important to a horror film, like if this film looked any different, it would be a completely different movie, which is just like insane. So right. it was really, really well done with the lighting. It, it, I felt all of the dread mainly from the atmosphere. I felt, you know, everything you're supposed to feel in a horror film Yeah, because of it. Yeah, because it's a, it's, a, it's a very soft atmosphere, but it's a terrifying atmosphere. And all of the acting is very, very heightened. Yeah, and it's dark um, it's until the end. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit of background on Kent. Um, so like I said, she and Essie Davis went to school together at NIDA. Um, mm-hmm. And Kent was an actor for like years um, before she just got tired of it. And Fair enough. Yeah, she's, well, she's <laughs> just like, she's just like lost. It is industry. It yeah. is, and she just sort of lost her desire to be in it anymore. Um, but Essie Davis, who was a year behind her, was like, she's one of the best actors I've ever worked with. Like, watching her on stage and in film was just like, what the fuck? Mm. But after, you know, kind of losing the acting bug, that's when she... So she she reached out to Lodge Frontier and just was like, can I work on Dogville with you? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And he said yes. And that was... She said she referred to that as her film school. So she became obsessed with uh, German expressionism when it came to developing this movie. Oh, that explains a lot then. So that's what I, yeah. So we've gone really round out to get back to where we're going to go. This movie is entirely inspired by German expressionism and grief. Um, So just to, yeah, we can dive more into that later. I've got a lot to say about German expressionism. It's one of my favorite genres, Mm -hmm. but it's, that's where she, uh, that's where she came from is that like she worked with von Trier, who also was very inspired by expressionism and said, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then did the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned the budget. It was made for $2 million, which again, it's not like a, a giant budget. Um, it actually is way less than they wanted it to be. I was literally about to be like, that's it? Yeah. 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 Um, it's also why a lot of the effects are practical and not digital. Um, because the, <gasps> re- so the digital rendering was going to actually end up costing more for how much the Babadook's in this film. And I think it really like feeds into the whole childhood. Uh, Don't make that story. sound on this episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the grudge slash the, the grudge Bob slash the Bob. Um, yes. <laughs> we we were Fuck all triggered that. in like 2007 by uh, <laughs> constantly. Um, but I think that you know just because I didn't realize that, but the practicality of just like on set special effects if i use it in quotation marks is yes. it make leads into one the scariness and two just like of course practicality for budget so yeah mm-hmm. and it can go in a couple ways you know is it like there's stuff that i've had to do digitally that i don't like doing digitally because i would rather do it practical because it looks better and it stays fresh but it can switch like you have to buy the materials build the thing build multiple versions of the thing whatever the thing is Shout out to the movie The Thing, my favorite movie. Um, <laughs> the Thing. <laughs> it's on my brain. Um, I was listening to a podcast about it yesterday that wasn't ours. 
<laughs> it's very, very good. Um, but yeah, so doing practical can end up costing you less sometimes when it comes to certain effects. Um, and Babadook is definitely one of those. Having just, you know, a stunt man essentially do the the physical body work, you know, the dancing body work. Like um, we talked about this in Annihilation when I had Nadia on for that episode. Um, it was a digital touch up on physical effects. And that's what they used here for the most part. It was mm-hmm. mostly practical. Um, so it ended up saving them money because they didn't have to create an entire creature digitally and let it feel rounded. And, you know, it. I'm glad when those sorts of things work out. Um, But yeah, it premiered at Sundance in, you know, when Sundance happens, January uh, of 2014. (laughs) It premiered in Australia in May of 2014. Uh, It's got a runtime of 94 minutes and it made $10.3 million at the box office. Sick. Yeah. Um, Made a lot. Yeah. And I I do like the tight runtime here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think if it was any longer, it wouldn't work. Yeah. It's even, I would say it could shave a few minutes off the runtime. Sure, but being around that 130 mark is like, yeah. I, I personally feel like with horror films, uh, of course there are a few outliers that I've you need the yeah, two the hour thing. plus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All we're going to talk about is the Babadook and the Thing, and that's it. But, you know, I think the hour 30 runtime, one, makes it accessible to people who can't sit there for very long and watch yeah. who strict like i know tons of people who are like anything longer than two hours i can't do it it's like sit and watch a movie i'm pointing me. at nicole me if she's raising her hand if I'm it's any at more than two hours long and it's not like a marvel movie i'm like i'm out i would even say myself <laughs> in that category because i d- i get very distracted very easily if you're not holding my attention and this movie has such great pacing listen up scorsese <laughs> <laughs> Three hours is too long for a fucking movie. Uh, you just, and Tarantino need to calm the fuck down. Just shave it to two down. and a half. Just shave it to two and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Peter the, Jackson gets a pass. <laughs> barely. <laughs> you know the extended cuts are better. You are in gore. You not in gore. Oh my own? goodness! I'm just thinking about penises now. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. My God. Where is this going? Oh no, God. and you know I own all the extended versions. Yeah. So like, yes, I they're all over. The- Actually, my brother still has one, and that little bitch needs to give it back. Um, <laughs> they're mine. God damn it! <laughs> even though I can't even watch DVDs anymore, I want it. I want it. I want it. Anyway, so yeah, no, you're totally right. Like, yeah, a, a shorter runtime is better. I, I'm also in this camp. I am willing to watch a movie that's well-paced that's over two hours, but they're mostly not. Mm-hmm. Um, be that the director's fault, editor's fault, or both, they're not well-paced, uh, typically speaking. So yeah, no, like a movie that's over... T- that I've watched two and a half, three-hour movies that I was like, oh, was that it? Right. They're few and far between. There's been like three of them. Titanic. No. <laughs> Yes. What a piece of shit movie. What the <gasps> fuck? I just baited him. He hates Titanic. Uh, I hate that movie so much. <sighs> you want to watch a good Leonardo DiCaprio movie from that era? Romeo and Juliet. That is really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you know what it clocks in at? Two fucking hours. <laughs> Titanic is three. <laughs> and the play it was two VHS was like tapes. Oh, God. Something like, I mean, Shakespeare, duh. But. Yeah. Also, Shakespeare in Love is bad. I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Uh, yeah, um, it's a bad movie. Can't believe I want to fucking Pride and her. Prejudice is a garbage movie. Which one? I will <laughs> fight you in the <laughs> fucking streets. Matthew McFadden is the greatest Mr. Darcy that's ever existed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, don't whoa, you bring whoa, your whoa, don't you bring your whoa, Colin whoa, Firth whoa. bullshit yes, I at will me. Bring- <laughs> Matthew McFadden <laughs> delivers a muted and 
carefully reasoned performance. He's Alan goddamn Rickman is what he is. What's Colin Firth? A guy who looks good in a sweater. <gasps> Sorry, I'm like, I'm we can't sing. I'm such an appalled. I'm also appalled at the same time. I am such an instigator. I did this all on purpose. So oh my God, guys. I'm in, an, in the middle of this I'm conversation. In, I'm in, in the middle the of what? a couple Not fight. <laughs> I'm an evil bitch. But... <laughs> Um, any, does that does that wrap us up with this, that? I wrapped this up 20 minutes ago. You have to say that. I said the box office. That's the thing I end on. Sick. Oh, sorry. Yeah, production company was Screen Australia and Causeway Films. It was distributed by Entertainment One and Umbrella Entertainment. That's it. Damn. <laughs> I just, I could use like a little like, Nicole, back to you. Hi, Nicole. Would you like to do the plot now? <laughs> Instead of just like making me and Charlotte fight, I need to be. I need to be introduced. Honestly, this is the most human interaction I've had in a really long time. Um, so I just God. really appreciate it. Regardless, I love, I love my diva partner. I love my diva partner. I love my diva partner. Daily mantras for me. <laughs> True, they're important, right? These are, the, these are the affirmations I wake up and look in the fucking mirror for. So, so what the fuck happens in this movie? Um, nothing. No. Um, goodbye. We've got deuces. <laughs> episode over. I've been Topher. That's goodbye. been Nicole. That's been Charlotte. We're out of here. Nobody plugs anything. We're out. Whee! Uh, so we've got Amelia. She is living in Adelaide which is in Australia. She has a six-year-old son named Samuel. They live alone because her husband, Oscar, was killed in a car accident that happened while he was driving his wife, Amelia, to the hospital to have the baby. Which you Literally said she's a troubled and exhausted widow. It's so awful. Yeah, I would say she's the troubled and exhausted widow. <laughs> according sure. to this summary. It's yeah. Such, it's my it's a harsh, life. like, first sentence. <laughs> like, damn. Trouble and exhausted. Also, she's a widow. It's like, you could just say widow. Yeah. yeah. We know what comes like, with that. Yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> I feel like widow definitely just encapsulates I'm troubled, I'm exhausted. Single <laughs> yeah. parenthood? You're good. You didn't have to say <laughs> trouble and exhausted. Widowed like, single mother. They're synonymous, guys. They're synonymous. I'm oh, sad geez. and I want to drink more, but I can't because there's a child that I have to take care of. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Give this lady some weed. I don't hate all children, but I am going to say that Samuel is a twat. He's like running around. He's a proper cunt, eh? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Don't he's, worry, the Australian Topher will be making multiple appearances this episode. Okay, so he's it. like running around, setting traps in the middle of the night. It's like worse. Like I, I just got a cat a couple months ago, and she <laughs> likes to do like parkour in my room to wake me up so I can go feed her at like six a.m. Parkour. This, yeah, she's just like running. She's she's jumping on my head. Like, and this kid is way worse. He's like he's doing similar things except. He has thumbs, so it's worse. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> well, and I will thumbs s- and planning. And I will say, like, no offense to Noah, but like, he looks terrifying throughout this right? entire. Some of the faces that he makes, and it's something about like he's he looks like a like a like a middle aged man in a six year old's body. If that makes any <laughs> sense. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. There's that juxtaposition. And he's got these like. He's got Jimmy Carter lips. He's, oh, uh, yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> do 
I love Jimmy Carter, but Jimmy Carter lips and Rain Wilson eyes. But he has like those, it's a he, bad combination. He had he still has his baby teeth, and that's the thing. That's also a thing that makes me like I'm like yeah. oh I don't feel comfortable here. But he he is, makes me physically sick. I I <laughs> God, physically we're get bullying a child. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm so sorry. And I know a lot of it has to do with lighting. And I'm sure you are a lovely young man or person. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Uh, assume your gender but <laughs> just he, the way that they light him he's so gaunt and like yes. he like the entire and and Essie Davis does look fairly gaunt throughout this but I think it has to do yeah, with she the fact like that shit. her f- I didn't say that <laughs> I she did. is a troubled and exhausted <laughs> widow <laughs> she looks like shit and that's fair well, she that, should right exactly like she's a single parent they've got uh, her having like pale pinks that just destroy her palette. As a, as, a, as a porcelain lady myself, pale pink is not our color. Okay, See, girl. I look gorgeous in pale pink. I do not. It's Be not cute. Era. It's not a good... <laughs> all right, great. Springtime, pale pink shirts only for you. That's what you wear. It's in my fucking closet and I look fucking delicious in it. I look like Vegeta. A whole snack, oh My God. But, um... <laughs> Well, and like, and it's, it's, it goes without saying in the beginning of the film, but from right away, you see that her son clearly has, they talk about his behavioral issues, Mm -hmm. but it's very clear that like he, and again, I don't, I don't want to uh, diagnose anybody because I don't have that education, but it's very clear that he is neurodivergent or has, yeah. he's on the spectrum in some way. I'll say it. I was an autistic kid. That's an autistic fucking kid. I made traps. I tied my brother up and we played a game that we like to call Houdini. Right. Which and was like, just, can you get out of me tying you up with a jump and, rope? And like, if, <laughs> unless you're being taught by people who understand that, like, and understand how to successfully... Uh, educate you and i mean yeah i don't know well sorry no no no, no, no it's all good no, absolutely it's always and, a little more free form with the guest anyway and I, I i hope you guys know when i say he's a twat i'm saying they wrote a twat he's yeah, not yeah yeah right. no no the actor is <laughs> the not actor a piece of shit is probably wonderful uh, probably Seems a, like a very nice kid. lovely kid to have on set i'm just saying they did a really good job of writing someone to make us feel how how mothers can feel that like that visceral feeling of just like oh my god i i i i love my child but god damn it i hate my child right now like they did a really good job it's of very writing real that. yeah i think any parent will feel that regardless of behavioral issues oh totally there's always yeah. a moment there is always a moment i mean even as a babysitter who gets to clock out you know at the end of the night there are still moments where you're just like, oh my God, just do what I told you to do. Like, just, why? Can you stop being weird? I think it's in the literal line in the film. Can you stop yeah. being so weird? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's not easy because again, it's like, it, it's a relationship like every other relationship. It's, you know, uh, there will be ups and downs. There will be times where you literally want to kill them. Um, but then there will be times <laughs> where you want to hug them instead of like strangle them. So... Yeah, it's it's. It, I think we we often kind of uh, fantasize about about mother son or mother daughter types of relationships where we're like, oh, they're your protector. They're supposed to hold you close and do all of these things. But emotionally, that's not 
uh, to do that 24 7 emotionally that's just not realistic no not it's, at all no. It's, no. It's, it's someone would snap <laughs> yeah absolutely that's why they have therapy <laughs> i've said multiple times throughout this pandemic i literally i've said thank god i don't have children because i i'm dealing with enough of my own stuff inside of my own brain that i couldn't deal with trying to figure out a young child's psyche which is obviously like just insane in general but i i wouldn't be able to do it so and also having to do it alone in the way that she does is just wow but they do absolutely write a troubled child like yeah 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 so we we learn that he's he's setting these traps for for the babadook we don't know we don't know who the babadook is quite yet but we know that it's for like a monster and of course his mom's like oh my god there's no monster like just stop (laughs) stop doing all these things he like shoots a girl in the eye or some shit his cousin he shoots his cousin in the eye with like one of his little knocks her he knocks her out of the treehouse but at school he like fucks another kid up well no they say what happened what what would happen if he, this got? Put, oh, but he does bring. He yeah. brings like a little um, his crossbow. It's a, it's a it's a mini crossbow. Yeah, and I'm it's like either that one or trebuchet. He has a trebuchet and a crossbow, so he's basically invented medieval siege warfare. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm also like, good on you. Like, like good, all right. Wow. Okay. Learn the code. Don't get on Reddit. <laughs> do not get on do not Reddit, get on young Reddit. sir. <laughs> sir, Noah, just don't do it. Any um, any advice? Do not get on Reddit. <laughs> Set to fuck up the stock market. If you want to know what we're, if you don't want to know when we're recording this right now, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll watch a, I'll watch a guy with an e-kind degree cry. That'll make me happy. That'll get me there. Eat the rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beca- so because I'll stop Sam- being vegetarian for that. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, Sam brings that weapon to school, he gets suspended. Or I think he gets suspended, right? Yeah, yeah he gets yeah, suspended. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, his mom's like, I have to work. <laughs> you, he you essentially, yeah. they essentially expel him without expelling him. Yeah. Like, they're like, we're going to have to give him a monitor, which she's like, he doesn't need that. You just don't understand my child, which like, granted, most, I don't know about the school, like public school in Australia, but as from experience, uh, unless you're a part of like the pack, they don't get you, and they yeah. aren't willing to help you. And essentially, they were trying to like single him out when he already is getting singled out because he is neurodi- un- undiagnosed neurodivergent, most likely, and or just like a a strange kid, and like kids yeah. are weird. Yeah, if I yeah. hadn't had the friends I had, I would have gotten way more shit kicked out of me in grade school. And I already did get the shit kicked out of me in grade school. I was bullied yeah. from elementary school into college. So nope. like, and I feel like I'm a very, like a very kind, nice individual. And yeah, I'm into some weird stuff, but like, I'm not shooting things at other people. Yeah, so. I didn't, again, yeah. create miniaturized medieval siege warfare. <laughs> yeah. So so he's just like it, it really sucks because I, I would imagine that they they don't want to think of ways to help him because a, a, a monitor doesn't seem like the right way to go. Um, I've worked with certain neurodivergent kids and they always just suggest like, well, why don't you have someone just sit with them in a class or sit with them in certain things? And I'm like, well, that's like a short-term fix. I yeah. that, That's literally yeah. just so that the teacher can, or whoever can maintain the rest of the class. That's not helping them in the long-term learn skills to 
interact with people and learn skills that right. they're going to need to know through college and everything. So it's a warden. It's not a monitor. It's a warden. Yeah, and it's 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 really tough because what happens when you don't have that monitor? Then you're going to start acting the same way as you were before because you you haven't learned anything. You're just kind of like there's there's this lady here to tell me not to do something, so I don't do it in the moment. But you know, it doesn't teach anybody anything, right? And it's like the monitor really is just suppressing. And to your point, not educating. And that's the issue. I mean, my mother worked with, was, you know, that monitor type of person in middle school for like 10 years. Mm. And she would come home and like complain about the fact that she, she is trying her best, but yet because of the way that the education system works, especially in Texas, they're not making her job any easier. They're making it harder because all they want her to do is to like suppress and not educate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if we want all people to be functioning people of society, which I think we all want everyone to do that. Totally. Um, except for serial killers, you can go rot in a jail cell. But, um, <laughs> you know. Sorry, this is an abolition friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, you know, there's, it, it, it was so, again, rewatching it, like, it was so disheartening to see yeah. how little care that these educators had for her Oh, child. none at all. None at all. Absolutely yeah. none. And it, yeah. like, it hurt my soul, like, deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. It, I mean, it definitely is. And I uh, bless the few people out there who actually do care and they try to make a difference in neurodivergent children's lives because again like social skills are things that can be taught um we all have to learn them some people have blind spots and they have to figure that shit out um neurotypical people you know it it just you can always learn social skills but if you don't start to educate at an age where they can learn it then just because they're acting a little weird or they're a little bit more you know i don't I don't know. They're they're bringing weapons to school, and he probably brought it because he didn't he didn't think that it was going to be a problem. He was yes. like, I he did not cross his mind. There was no malice there. It was just you know. No, wasn't trying to hurt anybody no. whatsoever. Yeah, just right. was like, this is my cool thing that I made. Yeah, and it's the blind spot mm-hmm. that you were just saying. It's it is a blind spot, and a, you know she, she what I mean I guess she could just go through his backpack every single day, but she trusts her kid enough to know to hope yeah. that he wouldn't. Bring anything, at least with any malice intent. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. also tired. And right. exhausted. And, <laughs> and tortured. <laughs> and, you know, a widow. So, you know, women, oh you can do as best as you can, but you're still going to get mm-hmm. criticized for it. For real. Um, so, so uh, jumping forward a little bit in the movie here, um, Sam asks his mom to read the storybook in and you were right it's called mr babadook Mm -hmm. and it's like a pop-up it's like a pop-up book and this is a this is a way cooler pop-up book than i ever had as a kid it's like in black and white it's like really cool i had like you know pokey the puppy (laughs) like pop-up books these are like i think i don't know i I pulled that out of my ass all of mine were all of Um, mine were hand-me-downs so half the pop-ups were broken 
Oh, um, no. Well, I was a Bernstein Bears, Streganona type of lady. So. Oh, oh nice. we love a Streganona. We do. And my dad literally used to do all of the voices, which... Oh, yeah, come no. through, dad. Come work. through. Work. I love yes, that. Puppy. I love that. Yeah, no, my mom definitely would, like, I would try to make her do the voices, and she would sometimes do them, and other times be like, oh, I'm so fucking tired. Oh, <laughs> I know. I am troubled and exhausted. I'm troubled and exhausted. <laughs> What's up, Mama? I know you listen. I love you. <laughs> so I love how um, this summary <laughs> summarizes the Babadook. A tall, pale-faced humanoid in a top hat with taloned fingers, which torments its victims after they become aware of its existence. Yeah, don't look at the sun. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, I hope that that's what any ex that I have views me as. <laughs> A tall humanoid creature with a top hand talents. Can you imagine? And pale faced. So I I would describe you as at least two of those things. You are tall. Yeah. mm -hmm. Pale faced. Mm, Yeah. You are a humanoid. So we got three. Sort of. Yes. Uh, when you get your claws on, you got your claws on. Yeah, well, they're like sort of long right now. They're well, you, you don't have your press ons right now. You've got your, you've got your just like standards on right now. We just need to get you a top hat. Your birthday's coming up, so <laughs> I've got a cowboy hat. You want to put that on? <laughs> do you want to put the cow? Charlotte, do you want to go grab the top, the cowboy hat, and wear it for the rest of the time? <laughs> oh my god! She is going to grab the cowboy hat. It is I made love of that straw. Hat. It is Nicole's favorite hat. It is my oh favorite my hat. Oh my god! My, I have a big ass head though. It's so not totally fitting. Hold on. Hold on. Get my Texan on. Ooh, my hair smells good. <laughs> Gorgeous. All I need is a mustache and then the I am a full Sam Elliott lookalike. I love it. <laughs> Truly. I'm the one with the mustache here. Thank you. I know. I just need one though. I want one. Sorry, I'm going to pour this. I just want to be Vincent Price. Vincent Price. I feel like I'm going to drink this whole... I am going to drink this whole bottle of wine. (laughs) Deepest apologies. I mean, like I was saying last week, I don't understand people who can save wine. Uh, It's it's not a thing. does not compete. A bottle is a serving. Literally. Again, like what we were talking about last week, it's like the only time I do save a part of a bottle of wine is if I'm already three sheets to the wind. Yeah, Yeah. I've already had two bottles of wine. And of course, (laughs) well, and of course we've all made that mistake where we're just like feeling good. And then we're like, I'm going to open another bottle. And we have, we pour the glass, we have a couple sips and we're like, okay, mom needs to go to bed. Time for bed. (laughs) Time for bed. (laughs) We'll look down the void of drunkenness and we see somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel. And we're like, if we, if we just stay here, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. One sip every 15 minutes. Literally. It's going to be fine. Oh my gosh. So It's called microdosing, okay? Yeah. If people who do acid can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Work. So Sam is convinced that the Babadook is real. Um, so, of course. It's by, annoying that he's right. Well, of course, by, by Babadook logic, because Sam believes that he's real. He is real. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's a scary thing about the pop-up book that, like, of course, me being very um, sensitive to paranormal and or, uh, you know, things things that people aren't usually interested in, I, like, completely believe that type of stuff. So yeah. I'm like, the more I think about it, the more real it is. And then it's gonna, it's just like with, like, skinwalkers and, like, in Native and Indigenous culture. It's like, oh yeah, you... You know, the less you, or like black eyed children, like the more you think about it, the more real it becomes. And mm-hmm. like, of course, that like comes into psyche. But again, once, when the first time I saw this movie, I was like, I, c- I 
can't think about the Babadook because then he'll just come and get me in the night. And I'm like <laughs> 25 years old, like full grown woman. But again, I was psychologically tortured by my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> I was going to say, I blame him. I, yeah. I do. I, I honestly do too. Although shout out to two. I just want to shout out two quick works that are amazing versions of this, of like sure. the more you believe it, the more it gets real. There's an episode of Adventure Time that's so good. And it's kind of like not mentioned called Blank Eyed Girl. Okay. That does this where like the more Finn gets freaked out by her, mm-hmm. the more of her appear. Mm-hmm. So like she has like 20 copies or whatever. Yeah. So the other work is uh, Stolen Voices by Felix Blackwell. A writer who was from uh, the No Sleep community on Reddit, but he has a great story about uh, that's inspired by Skinwalkers. Uh, um, very, 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 very good story um, available for pretty fucking cheap in paperback. Nice. So um, our poor, troubled, and exhausted widow is losing more <laughs> sleep because Sam is. She has to comfort her son because God, the scene uh, with the vibrator. Oh man, she's just trying to get her kicks. Literally orgasm denial at from for a T. I and she's mean, not even getting paid for it. Uh, the the the, the the fury that she feels. I when he jumps in the bed. I like complete like ooh mm, the the deep anger that I know that she felt, and I was like, Missy Davis. I know this is coming from real life experience in some way, yeah. shape, or form, girl. I have a fun story about orgasm denial, but I think it's going to be about off mic. <laughs> oh, God. I'm looking forward to it for sure. So, guess what happens next? Strange events occur. Uh, and that's the entire second act of the movie. <laughs> yeah, because we're, we're in a horror film. So, you know, those doors start opening and closing. Um, shit starts happening with, like, we start hearing weird sounds. There's glass um, in her there's porridge. There's glass in her food. There that's are bugs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just, you know, like, he's blaming, uh, the, the child is, like, blaming the Babadook. And she's like, shut the fuck up about the Babadook. Like, stop. It's that bit from The Office where they're, I know you don't love that show, but it's a very applicable oh. bit here. They're in a, I won't get into it, but everybody knows the uh, shut up about the sun bit. <laughs> it's that. As a fan of The Office, I understand. I, I, I don't. I it's don't not, know. It's not as good as people think it is, but it is pretty good. And I, I do enjoy it. And the later seasons are the best seasons, even though everybody disagrees. So Amelia rips up the book <laughs> and disposes of it. She's like, this shit is Put another book on the barbie. Stupid. Put and another book on the barbie. I don't think it goes on the barbecue yet. No, she rips it up first. And then it comes shit. back. Yeah. This so time my joke. You're early. Yeah. Um, so Timing is everything. Uh, we're at Ruby, who is Sam's cousin's birthday, and Ruby is a big fat bully. She like, sucks. Like you guys, I talk a lot about on this podcast the good bad binary with children. How we often like to categorize them as a good child or a bad child, and I always love the horror movies that delve into the gray areas of being a child. Mm-hmm. But in this particular one, all the kids be bad. They're just bad. They're in the bad section of the binary here. And her friends who have like a very short cameo, they're all like giggling and laughing and being like mean girls. And I'm like, Sam doesn't have a dad. And it's like, leave him alone. Like also, 
who hurt you? Are you like, what the hell? Like, why are you literally tormenting him about his dead father who he never met? Regardless of whether or not he met them. Leave him alone. The audacity. For real though. Like y'all couldn't have just been like, oh, your hair's really fluffy. Like that's normally what kids (laughs) fucking go for. They're like, oh, you've, you got curly fluffy hair, like, or whatever. They say like, your nose is weird. Your eyes are weird. Your teeth are weird. You're too tall. You're too short. We're getting into some really personal things for Nicole right now. (laughs) Maybe. But, but I mean, same because again bullied for a millennia yeah. well, it's like, well it's like the fact that they those kids knew exactly what what needle to poke him with to completely pop his balloon and they just like went for it they were like you don't have a dad and he's like i fucking know <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm aware <laughs> at one point doesn't he say like like robbie at one point robbie comes over and is like checking in on Amelia and like he's like standing at the edge of the stairs and be like, she hates me and she won't let me have a dad. And then like scampers up the stairs and I was like, oh, that is not OK. And that no. hurts me so deeply. Mm. It's like, Poor sweet baby angel, really, though. For real. I feel so. I do feel bad for him, even though, like I said, he's he's a bad child. He could child. use a punching. <laughs> well, but he's also like. <laughs> A physical reminder for Amelia, like constantly mm-hmm. of oh, her yeah. grief. She even says at, at you know one of her worst moments. She even says, "I wish that you had died instead of him." It's and, like, so important. It's, oh my it's god, it's crazy. I mean, I was saying that I I would argue that Amelia did not want to be a mother. No, and I I think that I, agree. I think that you know I, I think that she was maybe ambivalent. And was just kind of like, well, if it's something that you really want, I would love that to Oscar give... Oscar pushed it on her? Yeah, like, I would love to give you a child, you know, but, like, I don't think that if she had... I don't think it was fully her decision, which kind of shows in the way that she speaks to him and, and the pain, where her pain comes from. Well, and I would also argue, like, there are, like, God forbid if anyone has to be a single parent, but there are some people who can be single parents and be able to like I don't want to say dignity because that's not the right word but like be able to deal with it in in a healthy way and I feel like she is a type of character whereas if her if Oscar her dead husband was still alive mm-hmm. I think she would still be I think she would be a great mother like I yeah. I think but I think as, a, no as a single parent and not having the support which clearly she doesn't have any support from her sister they God, never yeah. talk about her their parents which asshole. I assume are out of the her sister is literally my worst nightmare like she's this awful is, like mm-hmm. this is sort of why I'm glad that I don't have siblings <laughs> because like I'm always like I'm used to being able to like deal with stuff on my own and it's like I don't have to worry about someone else and it's just it, yeah her sister is literally the worst especially the fact where she's like well Ruby doesn't want to have her birthday with with her cousin and it's like that's totally fair but the way that she says it is it's so rude so rude well because like they were born within like a week of each other right yeah clearly yeah, yeah. and it's like at, you know again rewatching it at first I was like wait they were born on the same day like that's also horrific because then Ruby is also a reminder to Amelia right but yeah. I mean it is close enough together that yeah they're they're like within a week or so and yeah it's, yeah it's 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 really rough like it's it still obviously is that yeah um so after all of this taunting and bullying Sam pushes um Ruby out of the treehouse. She breaks her nose in like two places. 
And this Good. is when this is when Amelia's cunt of a sister Claire is like, I hate Sam. I can't stand him. And Amelia's like, What the fuck? That's it's literally your nephew. Kid. It's also your nephew. Yeah, your blood. Like, yeah. yeah, we're not all you know, I understand that like just because their blood doesn't mean we have to like them, but like you don't have to say it in that way, well, ma'am. And it's, it's just another yeah, example. It's just another example of someone dismissing a neurodivergent child and saying like, oh, I just can't stand him. I can't stand him instead of trying to just understand Mm -hmm. and say, you know, like, I mean, it's tough because you already think of kids and they're they're all over the place, like we were saying. And then you add sort of neurodivergence on top of that, which neurodivergent children are completely brilliant. They're they are lovely um, people to to work with. But but it also it, it it does come with exactly what's happening in this movie. They you know they they're learning just like everyone else, and so it just kind of sucks that she just dismisses it completely because it's just another person who Sam probably thinks fondly of. You know, it's like you you grow up when you're it's that one young. More betrayal too. Yeah, it's one more betrayal, and he's like he's like yeah, my aunt hates me. Like great, cool, sick. Um, <laughs> And that stuff will stay with you when you're at For such sure. a malleable Play-Doh-ish can confirm. age. Yeah. I also can confirm. Like yeah. anything that anybody says to you that's like negative, like it holds, I personally, like holds so much more weight. Mm-hmm. And unless you have a parent or a guardian who is uplifting you constantly... It will it will stick with you for yeah. the rest of your life. For and sure. And completely mold you into the... Into the person that you then become. Yeah, because you think, oh, this uh, people are telling me who I am, so I'm going to take this on because I'm young enough to not really have that sort of agency of like, no, this is who I am. You're, yeah, you, you got me wrong. You trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You trust. You yeah. trust. So if as if things weren't already going rough for Sam, um, he has a vision of the Babadook in the car and has a seizure. So Amelia has to go get some sedatives from a pediatrician so that he can get some rest. This is also where we get that fantastic gif meme of him from this like movie. screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't you just stop being weird? And he just screams and stares at her and kicks the back of the seat again. And you're like, oof. Literally my I, worst I feel nightmare. That. Yeah. yeah. Literally my worst. I remember nightmare. driving my little cousins around. Um, one of them is our producer, Sarah, and another <laughs> of whom also listens to the podcast. Love you, Gracie. And y'all were nightmares as children. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both so much. And one of you is so tall now. Well, especially but... <laughs> when, when there's someone to play off of, like when my sister and I would get going, I know we were fucking annoying. I remember my mom screaming like, stop running around the house. Like you just feed off of each other. So I'm sure that's what they were doing too. Well, it was it's like me and Zachary growing up. And then it was, you know, Sarah and Gracie are like within nine months of each other or some shit like that. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. The stories of the two of those. Can't we'll have Sarah on at some point. Can't wait. <laughs> we'll For embarrass sure. her all about it. Oh boy. Um, but yes. Now we get another book on the Barbie. Yes, now another is, book on the baby. Yeah, now is now is the cue for your uh, for your joke. Another book on the baby. Good job, babe. And I'm good at this. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. So uh, the book shows back up. If if you didn't uh, gather that part, uh, it's like all reassembled. Remember, she she tore it up and everything. It's on the front door step, and she's like, "Okay, bitch, I'm gonna go burn it then. Like that's the next step." 
And what I what I think is so interesting from like a protection or a storytelling aspect is the fact that like when the book shows back up, it's it literally looks like it's been taped back together because in yeah. a lot of the horror tropes, yeah. it's like it's ripped up and it's brought back to my place completely brand like new. Magic. And it's like this what like that makes it even more like jarring is the fact that it's pieced together and it has new content. Right. And yes. and like the fact that like Amelia doesn't know for sure that the Babadook is real. Like, she's it, it, it's even more jarring because she's like, did someone did this? Like, not this entity. It, like, somebody did yeah, this. Yeah, she thinks and she has a stalker. She goes to the cops right me. after this. Yeah. yeah. Literally goes to the cops. Yeah. And yeah. per usual, cops are useless. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Topher, you're right. There are new words in it saying that he will become stronger if she continues to deny that he's there, that he exists. So there and then there are these disturbing new pop ups of her like killing her dog Bugsy, which like leave dogs alone, please, please <laughs> just like leave them alone. I can't leave dogs alone. I can't deal with it emotionally. Is that so, why you love me? Is that I never put animals in my horror movies? Please never do. Um, and then just once. Just oh, fuck oh and you. then so after it no so after it has it has her killing her dog then it has her killing her son and then herself so of course she's a little freaked out and she burns the book on just a little bit yeah. just a little freaked out and she calls the police and she doesn't since she has like no and i'm putting this like in quotes like no proof of the stalking and of course nobody believes women when we're you know they think we're all and hysterical bastards. yeah so nobody does anything then she she sees the Babadook suit hung up. So he's like naked. Where is he? What's he doing? Um, if his well, suit so is hung I was, up, why is he naked? I always naked? interpreted it as like the Babadook's like hanging on the hook, right? Like when you do that little mm-hmm. prank where you like put yourself in a he trench coat. He looks like coat. a scarecrow, yeah. Yeah, like you're in a trench coat on the back of a door, right? And then someone opens it and you're like, bah, it's me. I took it in the same way as you did, Toph. It was like, it's, it's him, but he's like... It, Incognito, like yeah, I'm just like, like I'm just hanging on to because that I'm not a Babadook. I'm just that like, vis like that visual happens multiple times throughout the movie, and it's mm-hmm. like I want part of me is like okay, that's him like purposely putting himself there, or part of me is like he's taking the opportunity of the fact that someone has a hat and a and a like a an overcoat like next to each other, and so mm-hmm. he can embody that automatically. Well, but either way, yeah, it's her degrading mental state too. Like yeah, we see it more frequently the more her middle state degrades. 100%. And I think that scene specifically is when originally I start going down the rabbit hole of like everything I have hanging on the back of my closet, <laughs> anything that's behind a door. I any... keep meaning to take this jean jacket off my wall because it freaks me out in the middle of the night. Do it. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. This <laughs> raping thing. At this like... point, I literally just have like purses hanging on the back of my, <laughs> on the back of my like door but every time i like wake up in the middle of the night and i look and i'm like oh, oh it's just they're just purses the babadook can't get me because they're just purses it's fine that's why i have sebastian oh stay on my wall <sighs> god bless as luke skywalker i love that it's very hot i didn't realize that was a sebastian stan mm-hmm. <sighs> daddy i love him <laughs> So Amelia's mental state is decaying right before our eyes, and she <laughs> rapidly. This is a oh time lapse film of decay. Well, I mean, just to give an example, she like cuts a phone line with a knife and then waves the same knife aggressively at Sam. Mm. And this is probably when she when she goes on that whole tirade about like, I wish it had been you instead of Oscar. Um, all of these things. Um, so she starts hallucinating. <sighs> Um, and in the hallucination, is she she murders her own child. So after all of these like 
visions, I guess we can call them. She sees Oscar, her late husband, who he says, I'll come back to you if you bring the boy, um, whatever that means. Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, Spooky. So Amelia is like, oh, my God, this is like, you're not my husband. You're uh, the, the Babadook created you and sent you. And so this is where we get kind of the climax of the film. Like it, we're, we're facing the monster at this point. Right. It, this is the second to third act shift. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it finally overcomes Amelia and possesses her. Um, she, God, I can't even believe I'm about to say the sentence. She breaks Bugsy's neck and attempts to kill Sam. Like leave the dog alone. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> why are why are animals always like the catalyst for anybody's like quote unquote uh, horrible mental state in any horror film? I know. I'm like leave the animals alone. Leave the cats alone. Leave the turtles alone. Leave the dogs alone. Like just yeah. leave turtles? them all alone. What tur- what movie? You know what? I want, we're gonna be inclusive here. All right. I'm, like I'm leave, fine leave the with fish that, alone. Leave the are, birds alone. Leave them all alone. And and. Amphibian, I'm amphibian a big turtle fan. Inclusive. I'm just con- I'm just trying to okay. think of a single horror movie that involves a turtle. I mean, dog. Write I've it. Seen, go write it. I've seen. I've seen. You want me mo- to kill a turtle in a movie? Uh, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't want you to kill a turtle in a movie, but I want you to write a movie about turtles. That's what I'm saying. To More be clear, turtle I can't do it better than Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda did the best turtle movie ever. Well, you snooze, you lose. I so- was like. <laughs> um so uh where I where? can't beat Jack Black. That's fair. Nobody can. No only Jack Black can beat Jack Black. Yeah, he's that was a literally my good old favorite TikToker. Greatest. Oh, he's, oh, he's the best time. one. He doesn't care. He doesn't he give a fuck. Does he has not so much care. fun. Oh my god. So like I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but like I was a, a kid who skateboarded and really? did for a long Yeah. Get fucked. Nah. <laughs> There's not like two skateboards in my room and multiple skate videos on I know. TV. <laughs> but like watching him at the barracks was so fun, and that's a that's a rep, that's a that's a phrase that is only going to make sense to skate kids. But like watching Jack Black at the barracks was so much fun. He just had a great time, and he was so happy. He just has a good time. I, I like, appreciate him. I feel like Jack Black in his career is just like literally just having a good time. He's yeah. like drunk history. Sick, I'll portray whoever the hell you want me to, and I will yep. just be the most ridiculous human being in the entire world. Best yeah. version of the WAP challenge? Oh, Done. Oh, 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 king. Yeah. Literal king. I got a little horny watching it. I was like, I've never found Jack Black sexy in that way. Like, I thought he was sexy, but never thought he was sexy in that way. And then he did the WAP challenge, I was like, okay. Okay, okay sir. Sorry. All right. All right. Uh, uh, Someone's spraying you with a hose, and you're just fucking pounding on the floor, doing the splits, and like. Wah, wah, wah. I love it. I love. I love that. I love the song. reappropriation of that uh, that sound that it no longer means without papers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, True. really? Wait, what? So, okay, we're going on a tangent here, Sorry. but we're gonna just have to take this journey all <laughs> together. So, Strap in. previously, what the word "wop" meant was "w o p," which meant without papers. It was a reference to immigrants. Mm. It is a horrific term. Uh, it, it it was the precursor to illegal immigrants, yada, 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 right? And no human's illegal, and uh, papers aren't important, and borders shouldn't exist. But basically, that's what that meant to me growing up with so many of my friends who were also immigrant kids being like, 
that's wow. a thing that people call us. Yes. Well, I'm glad that but, we took the term and made it positive. Yeah. Now it's about very wet pussies. Female empowerment. All yeah. people empowerment. You use use your sexuality in a way that you want. And to. Mr. Shapiro can go fuck himself with a piece of rebar. All right. So, um, so Sam <laughs> drags. Have to cut that. Sorry. <laughs> so Sam drags. Sam drags Amelia. Um, into the basement or like lures her or whatever. Um, yeah, he, and like, he knocks, knocks her, her out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, ties her up and Amelia wakes up. It's and... kinky. Yeah. No. 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 Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. No. 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 We're not going there. No. no you're cutting that. You're done. That's done. And no. That's going to be a hard it stop. stays yeah. in. No. no. I'm sorry. Do either of you edit the podcast? That's also oh, true. I mean... Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take that again. So if you come to your senses and decide to cut that out, it won't be too big of an issue. I'm going to leave both in. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so Sam lures Amelia down to the basement. He, like, knocks her out. She's tied up. She wakes up. And Sam is, like, freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, I, I thought I knocked you out. Like, um, And she tries to strangle him. She, like, comes loose from the um, arm ties. Oh, I love when she, like, gets her hand out. You immediately know what's going to happen. And I'm like, oh, but if, God forbid, any of us were in that situation, it's like your hands are going to be the thing that you're going to try to get out of first. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's weird this is the moment they both discover that they're into Shibari. No. No. Absolutely not. not. We're not. He's underage. No. Uh-uh. Like, what the fuck, No. Bro. Uh-uh. 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 No. Uh-uh. I'm having a great time. Cut it out. <laughs> Thank you, Joey, for Full House. Oh, yeah. my God. A 90s reference that no one can see because this is an audio medium. Nicole cuts scissors and then points her finger towards the scissors and then says, get out of here with her thumb. (laughs) (laughs) Cut it out. Anyway, you're just lucky I didn't do like the woodchuck impression from that show. I am lucky for that. I really want to do it now, but I'm like, please Um, don't. I'll do it later off mic when you least expect it. So late at night. So what? Right. They're on some what? <laughs> she falls asleep before I do. It's fine. Uncle Ooh. Joy for the win. Yes. So um, she tries to strangle Sam. Fair decision. Yeah. No. Well, also, okay. I, th- I think something that I, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but she has like a premonition of like the Babadook like on her ceiling. Oh, yeah. Mm. And he, he mm-hmm. creepy crawlies his like weird i hate it and i know it's such great cinematography it really is because it's like pseudo stop motion without it actually being stop motion yeah and then he creepy crawlies his way into her body so at this point as a viewer you understand that like it's it's most likely not her who who is taking these actions yeah no she's been possessed yeah 100 which like as a huge like you know, I, I am religious, but I'm like, anything with position in it, it freaks me out. But I'm also like, yes, like, I, I'm, I'm here for it. She'll um, be back on for her exorcist episode. I, I yeah. mean, I may be possessed. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who truly knows? That's Buy a succubus this is my This is my new excuse. Instead of saying like, oh my God, I'm such an Aries. 
ma'am, this is a murder trial. <laughs> I posted that on Instagram the other day because my friend Karina was like, was like, she's, she has a, she has a true crime podcast and she was like, sorry, this is a side note, but she has a true crime podcast, which is really fantastic. And it's called Red Flags. And like, I think oh, yeah. everybody oh, yeah, should yeah, listen yeah. to it. And she was like, she sent it to me and she was like, if this is not you, I don't know what is. And it was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm a Virgo though. And like, or some, or some, I don't remember what sign it was, but she was, it was like, I'm a Virgo or I'm an Aries or whatever. I'm a Sagittarius. And she was like, and then the person was like, ma'am, this is a murder trial. Okay. so And you I'm, killed 12 people. And she was like, if this is not you. And I was like, it really is really though. Is. So I'm in the middle of season two of Search Party. And I assume that that's just the third season. I guess you just, watch it. No one's, no one's going to give you spoilers. I'm just, my prediction for third season of Search Party, which has already come out, but I haven't seen, is that Elliot will say, mm, but I'm a Virgo. And they're going to say, ma'am, this is a virgin trial. Sorry, not a virgin, virgin trial. trial. A virgin trial. <laughs> Are we in the 17th Ooh. century? Oh, <laughs> a murder trial. Someone's got something on their mind. Is a virgin trial? Murdering virgins, yeah. That would be the quickest trial I ever. Are you a virgin? Things. Bitch, no. <laughs> it's, two, it's, it's 2021. And I'm... 30 years old. That's a great thing about the satanic panic is that like anyone who's (laughs) like, it's like, where are you going to find one? Girl, (laughs) like, where are you going to find one? (laughs) It's so funny to me that the satanic panic happened around the same time as the AIDS pandemic. (sighs) Which is oh, a horrifying yeah. thing, and we can all be very sad about it, and that's a justifiable thing to be. But it's also very funny that they're like, "Yeah, they're sacrificing virgins." Like, where, bitch, where? <laughs> right. Who and where? Excuse yeah. me, hello. It was in the late '80s, early '90s. Like, come yeah, on. Like, I mean, I feel like fuck? our society is still having. We had young boomers that, and old Gen yeah. X just stupid. Yeah, millennials were barely coming into. 1983, yeah. Ah, barely coming into the light. Yeah, it's so. like, that's when it turns over, I we think. We were formed by sluts. But no, that that's my new excuse. Like, I'm an Aries and I'm possessed. What's up? Like, <laughs> I'm a demon. Um. So, wow, where was I? So she tries to strangle him and he caresses her face. Um, it's weird. It, uh, yes, it's weird. Like but, it. um, well, I think he's just, you know, like, mom... And she regurgitates this black ink. Yeah, it's like, a big old vomit. Yeah. It's like strangely intimate, but for the character of Sam that we've already built up to, quote unquote, understanding. Yeah. It sort of makes sense to me that he would do something so like weirdly intimate to his mother. Yeah. And it's a child mother situation like a child parent situation for sure like totally. it's nothing like intimate in the way I, I just want to clarify the use of intimate so that right. no one is not, not not absolutely not, not like, like sexual yeah. or yeah, romantic no, no, no. but it's it's intimate in the in the son or a child uh guardian yeah. aspect because i feel like we've all touched our guardians faces before yeah and i've yeah and like it I think it was so well placed if they were going to do it because mm-hmm. it just was like such a juxtaposition from what we had just previously previously seen. Yeah, absolutely. And it Yeah, it, she tries to kill him and then he says, No, here's the the power of love to quote Huey Lewis and then Right. Lewis. No, that's actually where I was gonna go with that too. Um, but this expels the Babadook, we think. Um, Sam reminds Amelia saying, like, no, because you can't get rid of the Babadook. Um and and at this moment, something drags him into Amelia's bedroom. 
She saves like up him. two flights of stairs. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's wild. It's like yank from the basement to the second floor. Yeah, yank. Anytime in any horror movie that there is no. like there is like a yank upstairs specifically, or someone has to go upstairs because of like an unseen force, mm-hmm. is so like disturbing. Yeah, there's to something me. about stairs. Maybe it's like the visceral moment of like your body is being dragged like upwards upstairs right. and so even down a hallway it's like <clears throat> or it's like a passing between like yes like two levels but like two yeah. worlds in a weird way mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. it's like where are you going <laughs> why 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 you gotta why you gotta drag a child upstairs well, it's but a yeah. nice it's a nice reference to the whole thing of like why do you like scream right the rules Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the rules is not don't run upstairs, but they do mention that in the movie of like, why does everybody run upstairs instead of out the front door? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's very much that. It's where Fight it's, or flight. It, exactly. But it's it's taking that option away. Fight or flight of stairs. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Put it on a t-shirt, make stickers out of it. I will buy them and put them all over all the things. Fight or flight of stairs, baby. <laughs> so... Um, she saves Sam, and then Amelia is forced by our icon, the Babadook, to rewatch a, a vision of her husband's death. She's pissed. She doesn't want to see this. So she's like, you motherfucking bitch. And he retreats into the basement after she, like, confronts him, and she locks the door behind him. Yeah, calls him nothing, says, you don't mean anything here. Yes. You have no power here, sort of moment. Right? It's very... Lord of the Rings in The Two Towers when Gandalf tells Saruman that he has no power here over Theoden. Well, and also just like any sort of religious like iconography, right? Like we're always told that if you feel or anybody who is who believes in the paranormal, it's it's like, well, or or anybody who believes in the paranormal, like the best way to get rid of a bad entity or a bad spirit or energy or whatever you believe in it's like you have no power here yeah what are you gonna do if you have no power then what are you gonna do bully right exactly it's like just you can go now it's very funny when i said that to my bullies i lost teeth (laughs) um when i said that to my bullies they would be like well, you're ugly. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I got my head in the toilet, got teeth knocked out. It was fun times. Oh boy. Uh, I the loved joy. getting backhanded like junior year of uh, senior year of high school. It was Ooh. great. Oh, After God. I said the joys somewhere. of adolescence. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm all not there anymore. All kids are nightmares. I'm no so glad child. I'm not there There anymore. is no good right. child. They're all, they're all evil. So after, after this big old storm, we've got a rainbow. Um, Amelia and Sam are are in like the backyard. Amelia's, you know, like hugging him and she's she's being very caring. It's it's that it's that end of a horror movie type moment where everything is bright, the sun is actually out, they're in the backyard yeah, enjoying each other's Yeah, enjoying each other's company. They both look good. They've you know, she's got her hair up or something and it's it, she looks way better. They both do. Nothing so, in my hands, nothing in my hands. So it's it's kind of cute. She's like encouraging him toward the weapons and is like you know, she's impressed by his, like, little magic tricks, like, all of these things. Fair enough. He turns a fucking bean into a pigeon. Mm. I'd be impressed. Yeah. I mean, the weapons, Make it a better though, bird. Still, I yeah. still have a little bit of issue with that where I'm like, uh, weapons, though? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah. That's completely But fair. I think I think the, the moral of that specific interaction is, like, she's just showing 
I guess, care or a mother's quote unquote care yeah. towards it's interest in his things interests. that he's interested in. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there is something to be said, like if your child is interested in, in weapons, which a lot of kids end up being just because of the media that they consume and everything, which is totally fine. I think it's better to have a hands-on approach as an adult and say like, you do not use these in this way. Um, some people use weapons like in sport, like they, some people go to like the shooting range. Some people mm-hmm. go, you know, throw axes, like whatever. But I think you're, it's, you're referencing yourself there. I am. I love axe throwing. It's so fun. Axe throwing <laughs> freaks me out. I've oh never done it, but it's like, so I'm fun. always concerned that I'm going to chop my own head off. It's so, it's Nicole so can fun. teach you. Um, Ick. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, I, I just think, I, I think as a parent, you, you can't really, suppress a child's interest so the best way to go is to educate them as as much as you can and say like 100 here's the appropriate time to you have to use this safely channel the creativity to, yeah. yeah um so i i don't know depending on how she deals with it i think it's it's all right but so they they end up gathering earthworms which i guess is what they end up they they feed the babadook uh, mm-hmm. earthworms so um, she takes it down to the basement where the Babadook lives now and eats. And he tries to attack her, but she calms it down and it retreats, takes the earthworms. And Amelia's like, OK, I'm going to go back to celebrate Sam's birthday. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So we end on a happy ending. We sure do. So, so yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. that I... I I appreciate what this movie has to say about death and grief and all of that, which I think like what what I what I was talking about with our episode on the fog. Yes. Um, what I was talking about in the episode that we recorded on John Carpenter's The Fog is that the fog represented or potentially represented, in my mind it does, it represented death. Because it's something that creeps in. Yeah, you said in. time and death. Time yeah. and death. It's something that creeps in, and it's something that happens to all of us. And a lot of times it happens all too soon. So I think this is a really interesting representation of what a woman can go through after she has been widowed, after she has just had a child. And if, if you guys don't know or follow Amanda Klutz on Instagram, her husband, Nick Cordero, unfortunately passed. He had a really long battle with COVID. Um, he passed back in July and I started following Amanda because I found her positivity and her outlook very inspiring. She basically created just like this army for her husband. They would sing every day outside of like the hospital, his song, because he was uh, he was on Broadway. She was on Broadway. That's where they met. They have a son. His name is Elvis. Um, So it's it's not dissimilar to this movie. She she her son is only, you know, one and a half, I guess now. And her her husband passed because of this ridiculous virus. Yeah, and has um, been sick and out of the house for most of the time that her son's been alive, yeah. Yeah, since I think, like, I think he was in there starting in, in like, March or April. So Horrific. Like, such yeah. a young life being taken. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, she's... And he was, what, in his mid-40s? Yeah, yeah. and perfectly healthy. Like, no underlying conditions, nothing, and it just completely took over... Um, and I mean, she's, she's been such a wonderful person to follow. I mean, she's, she's kind of opened up her personal life to the internet, which I think is a very brave thing to do. And she talks a lot about how grief comes in waves. It's, and, and your journey with it is not linear. 
um, and how, you know, she'll just be at the grocery store and having a perfectly fine, okay day. And then for no reason at all, it just comes to her. And it, it, it kind of, it always, whenever she talks about it, it always reminds me of this movie because I kind of view it as like the Babadook just like showing up. Like, like you're just at the fucking grocery store and it just like pops up out of nowhere. And I like that at the end of this movie, she goes to um, feed it and because you 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 cannot suppress it it's it's always going to be there and you i like you can't get rid of the babadook yeah you can't get rid of the babadook and those closest to you cannot ignore it as well yeah i mean i have dealt with chronic depression and chronic anxiety for yeah. over a decade for and sure. i know that we have all felt like have all had those feelings and that's the biggest thing that any therapist has ever said to me is like, especially with depression. And I know that the Babadook is supposed to be like a, a culmination of grief, depression, and like motherhood all at once. And mm-hmm. especially with depression, you can't, you can't suppress it because then all of a sudden it rears its head. It, it comes yeah. out of the storybook. You read about it and it comes out and you, and it overtakes you. It, quote unquote, possesses you. Yeah. You name it and it suddenly becomes something you think about so much. Like I, I, I don't want to cut you off. Sorry. No, no. And and honestly, and like just to the storytelling of this movie, it's like the more that you deny it, the more it rears its ugly head. So it's, it's, it's right. <laughs> yeah. Like very triggering, but like yeah. it's so true because as much as we've like grown as a society, as far as mental health goes, depression is something that a lot of people still will suppress because it's not quote unquote societal's like perfect version of well, it just looks a like person. Everybody else thinks it's just you being lazy or crazy. Like I pushed my depression down so hard that I went into fugue states in college. There, I would yeah. my friends would find me out of my fucking gourd on zero stimulants or anything else. Like I was sober at the time and I they would just find me like in my undershirt and a pair of jeans in the middle of winter, in the middle of a classroom, just writing bullshit on a chalkboard. I mean, because I pushed my depression down so hard. Right. And like depression does not, does not look one way or another, just like anxiety doesn't look one way or another, just like having any sort of mental illness does not look one way or another. And I think that that is like such an important takeaway from the end of the movie specifically. And I think that it's like, of course, like when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, it's a monster. And they're just like keeping the monster in the corner. But the more that I thought about it, the more that I read about it. And this is literally like years ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, okay. This makes so much sense as far as a mental state goes because mm. you can't the again the more you deny the more it rears its ugly head right and it's yeah. it's so important that we acknowledge as Amelia does and as her son does being her like closest confidant essentially mm-hmm. they realize that this is a this is a um, overpowering possessive aspect of the, both of their lives yeah even though it doesn't like directly it indirectly affects her son Sam. Yeah. But it if it affects him and it's mm. important that that the ending was what it was and I'm so glad that yeah. it wasn't just like a cut off before she goes back down to the basement and like feeds it. Mm-hmm. I'm so like and that just really like especially with 
women having depression, women mm. having postpartum and anxieties yeah. and the whole thing of like, you need to be a perfect mother. It's like, no, you need to acknowledge that like no one's going to be perfect. And you need to acknowledge that like there are aspects of your life. And like if you choose to express those things to those around you, great. If not, fine. But you still need to acknowledge them mm-hmm. to move forward. And right. I, I I love the ending of this yeah. this movie yeah it's a yeah. Su- it's a sunshine and roses ending in a horror film that i don't think is awful yeah because sometimes sometimes that just comes out of left field and you're like oh you just didn't know what what ending to do but yeah you this know how one, to land the beat yeah this one makes a lot of sense because grief has been explained again as non-linear and it's something that is always there and i love that this was directed by a woman because mm-hmm. it really deals with how how a woman would navigate this and I think it does it beautifully. Um, I, I don't even want to know what a dumpster fire of a movie it would be if a man tried to... Oh my God. Please are God, no more male so narratives about yeah, women. Yeah, like, female, female mental issues, please, no more. Sorry, that's a lie, right, babe? I just, no, yeah. no more, no more. I just, I just, we've, had, we've had enough of those and we're good. Yeah. Like, we're good. Yeah. And I'm barely male, so I think I can <laughs> I'm barely male. But like... Fair. I'm a drag queen, like... But like, we... Well, yeah. Princess. A drag princess? Yeah. I like that. I mean, I very much have a dichotomy between the masculine and the feminine within, within inside me. I mean, you yeah. two have known me for long enough to know that, yeah. like, I have, I very much have that dichotomy. And it's like, just because of someone's specific gender doesn't mean that we need to write them in such a trope. And that's what yeah. I love about this movie. It's like, so yes. inspired by Dan O'Bannon. This, okay, I'm going <laughs> to go, okay, I'm going to go back to um, that hilarious, I, I don't remember what other episode I referenced this in, but that hilarious meme of the queen's gambit where it's like, this is how a man writes a woman at rock oh bottom. And she's got like the lipstick on, you know, you guys know the scene. If you've seen um, that, the queen's that gambit, was the sublet, wasn't it? I, it probably was the sublet. So, yeah. so I think this movie does a beautiful job of, because in the end she turns into the monster because she becomes possessed. So I mm. think it does a beautiful job of showing, uh, showing someone at their lowest point and not putting them in red lipstick and their nicest <laughs> like button down with no pants and like like just that rid- like their hair is still curled like this ridiculous like she she definitely looks like she's going through it so it's yeah. very relatable it's very you know she's still going through it but the lighting and mm-hmm. and the atmosphere is totally different from where we saw her earlier in the movie and like yeah. to your point she throughout the entire movie we we get to know her in her pale like um nurse's outfit and yeah if i recall correctly that's how she looks at the end of the movie as well yeah. it is she yeah, looks yeah. like she's, she's about, about to, to work, to work. Yeah. yeah yeah and like you know it's oh. a year later too because it's, it's his birthday again mm-hmm. right and so you know it's like nothing about her physical appearance has necessarily changed yeah. but her acknowledgement and like through that her demeanor has absolutely changed and of yeah. course like you know lighting and production and all that no, stuff you're absolutely right. it's, it's, it's uplighting versus downlighting yeah. um yes. uplighting makes you look powerful downlighting makes you look um terrifying you know and i, um, I and pre- so yeah she's uplit at and the end I, of, yeah sorry <laughs> no, 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 no you're <laughs> good so sorry, sorry. sorry i was just doing a technical I just, thing i'm so sorry <laughs> i just i appreciate that they don't try to make her look quote unquote younger yeah. or quote unquote happier or any of that BS that we, we are used to seeing in a lot of horror films, which would I will attribute to Jennifer Kent as the director and writer, but mm. also as like Australian like filmmaking in general because Yeah. So 
That's funny because um, Jennifer Kent was so opposed to this feeling Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, she said explicitly, she's like, yes, it's set in Adelaide, uh, in South Aust- which is the capital of South Australia, and I think the fifth or sixth most populous city in Australia. Also, oh. I think the capital of all uh, Australia... Australian serial killers. Oh, maybe. I I don't have any information on that, but it sounds right. From what I recall from my studies, a city uh, called Adelaide <laughs> sounds like a city called Adelaide sounds like the the oh, hub of God. serial killers. But it's you know, but it's like obviously most of them are like male. But yes, like having something it's like that you have is a city not called set Seattle, in like, and you're like, yeah, all the serial killers are from there. Portland, duh. Like <laughs> no offense, like but like the Pacific Northwest sort of breeds y'all. Like sorry, it's but, st- so depressing up there. It's so pretty, but it's so depressing. It's so rainy all the goddamn time. But I also love like. Like, as an American, then I got to see a different, like, landscape of Australia, a, a continent that I know very, which, you know, Next may make yeah. me ignorant, but, you know, know very little about. And, like, the fact they that it's not... They can't say the word no. <laughs> That's your cue. No. <laughs> no. 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 Australia no. was literally my, like, biggest struggle in college learning the dialect for it because i, I just, was a dialect I coach and I, I still have such a hard time with I, it. I, I can't i, I cannot just, i've just been around a lot of people from australia so mine is is actually okay see mine's a but, kiwi i can do the new zealand accent mm. really really well oh i can do a sick irish accent because i've worked with so many yeah, irish that was so, hard. so i was that a, was i was a, one it depends on what part of the yeah. The country you're from. Yeah. yeah. So right? I know Nicole knows this. I think you know this too, that I was a dialect coach for a long time. I don't, I didn't know that actually. I thought you knew because that. Because Mary yeah. is a dialect coach. Yes. Oh, and you cool. guys, have yes. you guys talked about that? Yeah, we have. Okay. Because I was together. not a part of that. You were present for it. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't mentally <laughs> present for it. Yeah, I was like, I don't <laughs> Maybe I'm physically you there. You do like tequila. That is fair. Look, um. <laughs> I'm, look, when I'm ready to have a good time, I'm ready to have a good time. Okay. <laughs> and it just oh, happens no. to be days that in NY. Yes. So, no, Mary and I have done like accents back and forth at each other. Like, and I, I should I not that. even say, I, w- I won't sound like a proper dialect coach if I don't say dialects as opposed to accents because accents are different than no, dialects. No, accents are, accents are completely different from yes. dialects. So, yeah, no. Um, one of my first jobs was um, out of college was working as a dialect coach for Macbeth. Nice. And I taught a bunch of my friends how to speak various Scottish dialects in time period and region. Work. And you know what? I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm, I'm proud of you. There's no way that can be easy. <laughs> oh my God. I'm literally going to go home and be like, Mary, how dare you not remind me of the fact that you and Topher talked about dialects together. And Look, she's Mary gonna be was like, lit too. And I was also lit. I well, just happened to have a steel chap of a mind. <laughs> Well, and like I usually do, but I'm realizing over COVID that like my short term memory is garbage. My long term memory is great. Like I can remember having conversations you got with both of you in your brain. many a moon ago. Yeah. But like short term, I'm like, what did I? What was I? What was I talking Smoke to Nicole? Did, about? I, did I eat breakfast? I don't though. <laughs> I just drink. <laughs> okay, excellent. I use call a different a, call B. Yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah. use a different type of uh, self medication. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I I love how they allow her to be messy in this. I love that it's not this like weird Stepford wife 
grieving. Yes, yes. Like yes. I love that it, it. She just she gets so messy with it, and and so many props to um, our actress was Essie Davis. Essie Davis, Queen. So many props to Essie Davis. She does a one. She gives a wonderful performance in this, and I just think that. You feel her, you feel her pain. And I think that that is where, like, nobody's a really good person in this. And I think that that's where there's that inner conflict of like, oh man, she's been through so much. She's really going through it and she's taking it out on certain people. And also people just aren't being nice to her. Cause again, everyone kind of sucks in this movie as a person. Right. And and even like Mrs. Roach, her next door neighbor, which again, MVP. Yeah. But like (laughs) she brings up her dead husband at some point and it's like, so much. You quote unquote view, you know, a a quote unquote good person as not trying to rock the boat, but Mm -hmm. which obviously her character is not trying to do. Mm. But like a pivotal point for me is when she's like, oh, he's so much like Oscar. Like he just speaks his mind and yada yada. And she's like, do not speak. And that. It's such an important moment. And that goes into the the grief, uh, like pushing down your grief and pushing down depression and pushing down anxiety and all these things that most of us have had to deal with in one way or another. Yeah. And that's also a thing I love about the writing is that like in the first, I would say act and a half, they don't really speak about her grief or even speak her husband's name. Yeah. 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 My favorite. It's the first shot of the movie, but it's, it's the, which but is, it doesn't really come up much past that. I personally think that first shot of, of the film is like so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a weird transition. Um, but yeah, I think about all the technical aspects and how good they are and how much I don't actually give a shit about this movie. Um, <laughs> I think it's good. It's really good, but I don't actually enjoy watching it. It's weird to me, right? Like... Like maybe maybe I'll go into like the German expressionism first of like how awesome it is that like German express like clearly this was influenced by Nosferatu, mm-hmm. right? The design of the yeah. Babadook yeah. is absolutely Nosferatu, hundred percent, right? yeah. And the way they use downlighting, the way they use strange angles is so fucking cool. Because I know that at least one person comes here to listen to me talk about movie history. <laughs> I'm gonna say this for like two minutes. But, like, yeah, it's very, very clearly a German Expressionist film done in 2014. Yeah. It is 90 years later, 95 years later, after most of the major Expressionist films came Or, sorry, 85 to 90 years after most of the major Expressionist films came out. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. pretty. It's so yeah. well acted. It's so well written. It's so well scripted. It's so well directed. It, everything about it is perfect. Why don't I give a fuck? <laughs> well, and like part of me with like the psychosomatic part of it is like then asking you like how comfortable you are with your own grief and like your own. Is it something that is like and not to like put you on blast by any means? No, no, but, no, like, no. It's like and I, I will sit here and be like, this is one of my favorite horror movies. I will also sit here and be like, it's not the best one I've ever seen in the my enti- in my entire world. But it's also like, if you if you're saying that you don't like watching it, but you like the production, you like the writing, and you like the acting, then like, what is it? Is it the subject matter that is? 
I making you feel I don't uncomfortable? Think so. It's not it's not making me feel uncomfortable. It's making me feel bored. And mm. I, that's a weird thing with this movie is that I, I actually kind of feel bored when I watch it now. The first time I watched it, I was like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Second time I watched it, I was like, this is really good. Third time I watched it, I was like, mm. fourth time I watched it. And we get to the eighth time this weekend, rewatching it to refresh for the podcast. I'm like, everything about this movie is perfect. And I don't think it's that good. Well, I mean, I could throw I could throw out that maybe it's a little bit of a straightforward movie. Like once you know that it's an allegory and once you have dissected it in that way and you know all of these things, then I'm sure that that takes out any sort of mystery. Because beyond that, it would be so convoluted if it if if an allegorical film was also one of those films that we, we really enjoy watching films that make us ask questions. And then those lead, those questions 100%. lead to other things and etc. But I don't know. I think if you did that with a film, that's an allegory, people would just be like, what? <laughs> like, like there's so much going on. So I'm wondering if maybe because you know, this, not the secret, but like, you know what the movie is about. Maybe it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, beyond that, it's just straightforward. Or maybe the fact, yeah, exactly. Maybe the fact that there is not so much, like there isn't a lot. Maybe the fact there isn't a lot of nuance in it. I um, mean, there, there is, there is yeah, nuance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, no, no. It's just like not in your face to the sense of you have to ask questions afterwards. Because either way you view the movie, in my opinion, it's like, okay, Either way you view the movie, in my opinion, is either you view it purely as a as a monster film or a possession or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Is, okay, they, you know, keep the monster in the basement and they just live with it and that is the end of that, right? right. Or you view it as the allegorical, metaphorical way that I feel like it's mm-hmm. intended to be. Mm-hmm. And you still get that, okay, well, she's dealing with her grief and she's dealing with her depression and she's dealing with right. her motherhood in a very straightforward type of way. And because sure. maybe because it is so cut and dry at the end, which I personally love. Yeah. But maybe that is the reason why people are not, they don't fully, uh, they don't like it. And that's, yeah. and that's it's, totally it's cool. Weird. Like it's, it's, it's frustrating. Cause I, I want to love this movie, right? Like I, because I can tick all the boxes. It ticks every single box. And I just go, but why don't I love you? Mm-hmm. So wow. thank you. Mm. So. Th- <laughs> <laughs> if you ever wanted to know how these recordings go, Charlotte, that's how it goes. <laughs> Nicole gives me a look and I flip her off and Honestly, I just stop us recording. I've never seen that look in my entire life of knowing you. And that was amazing. <laughs> oh, God. The amount of times Nicole and I shoot each other dirty looks and each of us flip each other off during recordings is a hundred percent. You know, honestly, I'm just glad to be in the middle of this coupling right now. <laughs> We're going to talk about why Titanic is a bad movie. Okay. Are we recovered? Are we fine? I don't Ask know her. I'm, okay. I'm fine. I'm, okay. I'm, okay. I'm good. Great, great, great. I'm good. I'm good. So it's today- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Stop I it. thought Stop I lost it. I started laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 
I'm just gonna pour myself some whiskey so I can just drink instead of thinking. And the words of my acting teacher just release sound. That's exactly how I'm just over here. We're all peaked as All right, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. audio. So thank you so much, Charlotte, for taking the time to talk about this movie with Love us. Love you and your cowboy hat. Thank you. Guys. Well, well, you my cowboy hat. Yeah, you have bequeathed it upon me, which I very much appreciate. But thank you guys being. for having me because I love you guys so much and you're doing mm-hmm. some great things. And I just oh, you, you guys are going to have all the success in the world. We appreciate everyone out there who has come on and been a guest, everyone who's listening, and especially our friends who are returning guests, which is Charlotte. So, Charlotte, where can the people find you? Um, you can find me all over the internet at Ooh. Charlotte C. Bird, C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E, the letter C-B-Y-R-D. Hey, babes, quick note from Topher. When we recorded this episode, Charlotte did not have a drop date for her new podcast that just released two days ago, Wednesday, March 17th. You can find her and her co-host, Ray, at The Midnight Record on all platforms and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's so good. And if you love true crime, if you love Charlotte, you are going to absolutely love The Midnight Record. Charlotte did give her handles online, uh, which you just heard. If you want to find Ray, you can find her at R-A-E underscore spirits. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-S. And you can find their podcast all over the internet at The Midnight Record. We'll have it tagged below in the footnotes, but we just wanted to pop in and give Charlotte that little little glow. Thanks so much, babes. Um, Please check out my TikTok. It is a very nice time, but, you know. It's so fun. We love her TikTok. I like to think that it is. We talk you about know, true we crime. Might, and we, we might be on there soon. Uh, oh, my. Oh, you will. Hey. We. Y- there is definitely a promo for the horror babes on, on the TikTok. Oh, it's The tick of the talk. The tick of the talk. When I have more than one hour free time. No, no, no. I'm going to. I'm. I've got it taken care of. Don't worry about it. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Don't worry about it. Love We're you. all good. I love you. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I had a really nice time. We had an amazing time talking with you. And just to say, like, Charlotte is one of my favorite, favorite friends that I've made in the last few years. Like, holy shit, what world would I live in if it weren't for you? Oh, my God, that's very sweet. And I don't feel like I deserve that honor, but thank Um, you so much. Bit Midnight Bastard. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm literally going to (laughs) tear up and I may cry later, and that's fine. Oh, no. Yeah. Charlotte was there the night that we met. She was one of the That's few. That's true. Oh my god! And you know, if you guys ever decide to get married, I expect to fully be in that audience. Oh my god! Of course, right, uh, ma'am. Duh. Ma'am. Duh. Miss Ma'am. Miss Hello. Ma'am. Hello. Sir Ma'am. Sir Ma'am. Sir Ma'am. Yes. With the cowboy hat. With the hat. Yes. No. As I if just... you're not making an appearance yes. and a performance, it's fine. <laughs> right. Everything is a performance for me, but I. Just, I'm making I... all of my friends perform at my wedding. Oh my like, thank God. I will sing you. I will sing you a beautiful song. I preferably in French, but we'll figure it out later. It'll be Mama Number Five. You're right. You have to wear the cowboy hat. Oh, too. duh. Yeah. Absolutely. Full ball gown, cowboy Sol-mont. hat. Yeah. <laughs> no, Solmont and cowboy hat. I love oh. it. No dress. 
<laughs> what the fuck? Fully nude except just this the is, hat. This has gone in a very strange direction. Um, I'm no. sorry that we're thinking about German expressionism with this movie, and I want to make German expressionist a part of my wedding. So I would like to express <laughs> that you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And you can always find us on our website if you guys use those. Um, we're <laughs> HorrorBabesPod.com. <laughs> This has gone deeply the off the rails. Yeah. We, we were we were on no. track, and then this it just is the derailed. It's so good. <laughs> I'm here for it. It's if you guys, it's amazing. If you guys somehow enjoy this dumpster fire, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she one upped it. It's an Aquarius, an Aquarius, and an Aries. How can they not? Oh my god! We how. lost Joseph again. Sorry, we did. We did. We lost he, he's too. like, nope. I'm dipped. Uh, but yeah, if you guys for some reason enjoy this dumpster fire, please leave us a review on iTunes or you know whatever. But uh, I'm gonna end this before it gets any worse. <laughs> ten until, out of ten would recommend this podcast. For until sure. next time. Bye, babe. Bye, babes. Bye, babes. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> Yeah, babe.